Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. We go to our nation's capital. You can hear him on the Team 980, our Odyssey Sports sister station, host of the Take Command podcast as well. Always enjoy bringing Craig Hoffman into the sports bar. Craig, uh, man, ESPN strategic in their releasing of the Wickersham piece on the leaked emails that ended the coaching career of John Gruden. Thanks for joining us. And and now we're left wondering, hey, what's the holdup here with the sale of the Commanders to Josh Harris? The two are connected, aren't they? Craig. Hey, guys. Sorry, I lost it for a second. We had a, uh, we had a bad AirPod situation. Uh, no Can't problem. Can't be doing that. No problem. Uh, yeah, no. I would say the, the, the holdup is just scheduling right now. Um, you know, the, the, the vote is for next week, and it's in Minneapolis, and they're going to go. They're, I don't think 30 billionaires are getting on their private jets and flying to Minneapolis in, in the middle of July to not approve a team sale. So I know the Post reported this morning there's some potential complications. I think they'll work that out. Um, but it does – the story yesterday gives us a tremendous insight into how complicated this has been. And, you know, I think the bigger repercussions are potentially for Goodell and the league. Um, and I don't think this John Gruden thing is going away because he wants to burn the whole place down. But, um, you know, in terms of what it means for the commander's sale, um, I, don't, I don't think much. I think some of this stuff is continuing to come out because the, the, the Gruden lawsuit is, is making its way through certain things. And, you know, the Mary Jo White report is probably coming out soon. So there's like all these different things that can lead to people being a little more talkative, um, as it tend to happen. Typically, uh, Don and Seth have put out these stories when things are about to happen. And with the, the sale coming a week from today, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, uh, you know, they they get some more information and out they go. Craig, uh, after reading that piece, I I came away with the sense that all right, had he just stayed down, he being Daniel Snyder, um, 
he would have like weathered the storm and maybe it would have been this year, maybe next year, but like he would have popped back up. I mean, George Steinbrenner once upon a time had to kind of stay down and came back up and they never suspended him. Do you buy into that reporting? So I do not. Um, and I do not for a couple of reasons. Um, and I talked about this actually with Don Van Nata yesterday, co-author with Seth Wickersham on that story. And, um, obviously, people can go in the Always Free Odyssey app and check out that interview uh, on, on our show podcast. Such a great company, uh, man. Yeah, they, they keep paying me, so I'll be nice. Um, it, it's, it's a transactional relationship. The point is, um, this is where I disagree a little bit with that premise. Um, and we flush it out, you know, between Don and I yesterday. Um, and I actually have kind of a tack on theory today. The, on, on the substance of, like, would, would all of this have gone away? I do not think so, because I think there was just too many things that happened. And I think that um, the former employees who have been extremely vocal, they have continued to beat down the door. And I think that enough documentation was out there, enough things were out there, enough people were talking that eventually Don and Seth would have put out a story with really damaging information that had the potential to bring down Dan. But there's also a financial factor. And that's the one where I don't think he would have ever been able to hold on to the team. Craig. He's broke right now. Like that. I, I, I hope I, I think people don't necessarily realize that like Dan Snyder has a billion dollars in debt. That's oh. fine because he has a $6 billion French. And so he's about to make 5 billion minus whatever the taxes. Are. But like, he's got a billion dollars of debt. And that in part is because the NFL raised the debt limit and allowed him to buy out his minority partners. And, and also, like they gave him the rope to hang himself and financially because he's incompetent. He's bad at running the franchise. And where every other team like prints money hand over fist, they weren't doing it at that level. In order for him to operate the team the way he was, he had to take out extra loans. And I don't think that, that the league was going to bail him out of that because he was bad at it. Why would they if they can get someone else in there? So I think the financial stuff would have eventually got to him. And to an extent, it did. Because the other thing to remember here is, like, you also need to get a new stadium. And uh, obviously up, up in upstate New York, uh, you know, you guys know how that all just went down with, with the Bills and their stadium and, you know, how fraught that can be, or on the other hand, how quickly those, those skids can be greased with lawmakers who you need to get on board. Nobody here wants to do business with them. You have Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, all who should be bidding against each other, going, we won't touch that guy with a 28-foot pole. So no stadium, no money, he's out. It might have taken longer. It might have taken a different path. But I, I actually don't think that if he had – uh, laid out that he would have been safe in the end. Craig, reading that piece yesterday, all of the salacious details, everything just a little bit juicier than the next. Will we ever, ever see publicly some of the, the results uh, of these investigations into Daniel Snyder? Will we ever truly know just how bad that franchise was? I struggle with this question because um, on one, like the simplest version is yes. There will be the Mary Jo White report. It will come out or the NFL is going to get sued to the high heavens. Um, and I know that because the lawyer who's going to sue them, I talked to earlier today and we're playing that interview at 430. Mm-hmm. Like Lisa Banks is the lawyer, one of the lawyers for the 40 former employees who have been very vocal at the front of this, and who brought all this stuff to light. And after the league buried the Wilkinson report, which is covered in tremendous detail, 
in a way that we had never heard before uh, in Don and Seth's piece, they got an even more ironclad agreement that says we will only participate in this next investigation, the Mary Jo White investigation, if we are promised that a full and thorough report comes out. And so if they try to bury that thing, the NFL exposes himself to extreme, like extremely basic, extremely straightforward legal liability. Now, the question is, to what extent do we learn? And that's, that's hard because they can say, oh, here it is. We didn't water it down. You know, Lisa and her team can say, yes, you did. And then, it, you know, is there enough there? So it can get a little wishy-washy. The reason, though, I struggle with the question actually isn't that wishy-washiness. I think it's important for everyone consuming this story to remember how much we already know. And I think that is the part where we have been deluged with so much malfeasance, so much wrongdoing, so much salacious behavior, so much incredulous, incredible behavior that it just like, wow, that's ridiculous. And we move on to the next thing because it's almost hard to fathom where if we stop down on any single one of these things, I mean, people forget at this point in the story, the biggest bombshell that came out at the start of this was the fact that there were videos taken without the consent of the women involved of cheerleaders, like on behind the scenes photo type of stuff uh, on their calendar shoots and apparently edited together for Dan Snyder himself. That in itself should have been enough to get him removed because that is a virtual version of sexual assault. Like that is, that is not okay. And, and it is actually illegal and laws are catching up on that. Um, in terms of like revenge porn kind of things. And like, we don't need to go down the legal rabbit hole, but like, that's not okay. That's not cool. And if they had a hard and direct proof that Dan had done that, like that's a legal liability there. But I think we can all agree from a moral sense and from like a standard sense of an NFL owner, that should have been case closed, done over with. And that doesn't count all the other stuff that happened, all the other stuff that people did. And we just, we keep learning new things. And in a way, it just it makes every single thing a smaller percent of the entire picture and and it mitigates it in that way. So, you know, are we ever going to have a full account? Probably not. But we know enough to know that it's freaking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our guest, Craig Hoffman, uh, who you can hear inside the Odyssey app uh, and uh, 780 the uh, up down in D.C. Uh, Craig, as far as John Gruden is concerned, um, the team 980 in D.C., I should say, and take command podcast. Craig, as far as the uh, the John Gruden lawsuit is uh, concerned, I, I I look at other instances in the NFL. Uh, for example, St. Louis, why they got an ironclad case, they settled. The concussion lawsuit, they settled. Why do you think this would be any different with John Gruden? Because the other party has to want to settle, and that's it. the NFL would love to settle this thing and would, love, would have loved to settle it a while ago. I mean, as as they report in the ESPN story, Gruden wants to burn the thing down. He's got money. And, and in a lot of ways, like, this is uh, – and sorry to dip into, like, another example that's in the, the third rail of politics here, but, like, we just saw this, right? The Fox News Dominion lawsuit is kind of what we're talking about here. Fox News is willing to pay $780 million to Dominion voting systems because they did not want – to go to discovery. They did not want people testifying. They didn't want, they, they figured paying $780 million was worth not having more information become public. And for a multi-billion dollar company, that was, it was probably a smart business decision. They probably should have settled it a lot sooner because obviously a lot of stuff came out there. And this is kind of the battle the NFL is going to battle over the next couple of months is, and, and potentially years is, 
if stuff, if this this court case keeps going through the Nevada court system and John Gruden keeps winning, which is what has happened so far, it will eventually get to discovery and all potentially of those 650,000 emails that Beth Wilkinson found and, and was searching through in her investigation could become public. And if that happens, the reckoning the NFL is in for is hard to fathom. I mean, because if you think John Gruden and Bruce Allen were the only ones using off-color or homophobic or racist language, like, I, you know, you're the Eskimo, I'm going to try to sell you ice. Yeah, like, and, and Craig, that, that blackmail PowerPoint that's referenced in the piece from yesterday as well, I mean, it, right. that, that has to have other NFL owners quaking in their boots. Their image could be tarnished forever. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, and that's ultimately why I think that they played along with Snyder is because they don't want to establish the precedent that if you do something wrong, you could get your team taken away. I would simply editorialize here and say, if you do something bad enough that you have multiple federal investigations and congressional (laughs) investigation into you, you should lose your team. But, and if you're that scared, then we need to have a different conversation. However, that's not how these, these folks think especially when it's a business that prints money like no other business in the world and, and is the safest uh, investment you can possibly make, which is, by the way, well, like the Qataris and the Saudis, like these, these wealth funds from overseas that have a quarter of a trillion dollars are like, we can do anything with our money. Let's try to invest it in American sports teams because it'll be the best return on investment. Like that's the investment these guys are trying to protect. And so, yeah, I would say if they can figure out a number that John Gruden will settle for, especially if he continues to win court cases, they will settle. However, I don't know that Gruden has a number. You know, if they offer John Gruden a billion dollars, will he take it? Probably. It's a billion dollars. But are they willing to go that high? I don't know. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a giant hold your breath for the next couple of months for the NFL and hope that Gruden eventually you know, comes down on his number or perhaps they start winning some of these court cases and keep some of these things under seal. I don't know. That'd be hard to turn down a billion dollars. and But then St. Louis took the money in the concussion lawsuit. I don't know. But that's a good uh, analogy you, do, you gave uh, with the Dominion uh, lawsuit there. Craig Hoffman, the Team 980 in D.C., the Take Command podcast, uh, our guest here in the sports bar. Uh, Craig, I, so just to kind of reset here, because I had this take. This was back in March, or actually week three, we said, back uh, when the Buffalo Bills are going down to D.C., Will Daniel Snyder still somehow be in the picture here or will finally come next week? Is he going to be out? He'll be out. He's done. Um, And part of this is he wants to be done at this point. Like, I think there was a huge, huge turning point in, uh, I think it was November of last year. And it wasn't Dan. It was Tanya, his wife. And Tanya had been marched out there as like the savior of the organization. It's okay. Tanya's in charge now. She's a woman. The woman won't get hurt anymore. And just like this, this classic BS type stuff that happens. And, and apparently Tanya's much better than Dan from talking to people within the organization. Um, but that is the lowest of bars. The bar is buried six feet under the floor there. Wow. Um, but she got, she got booed when they put her up and like, they, Tanya, to her credit, is the one who started like all the pink ribbons uh, that for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, I will not give Tanya credit for much because she was here the whole time all these terrible things were happening. But she did start a lot of the, the breast cancer awareness initiatives in the NFL. And so they like put her on the big screen at FedEx Field to recognize her for that. And she gets booed to the high heaven. <laughs> Fans are like, nope, your last name is Snyder. Screw you. 
And I think Tanya went home after that game and told Dan that they were out. Like that's, I don't have any theory on that other than just kind of the timing matches up. But when they realized, like, nope, Tanya can't save this. I, and I think it's different when, you know, if you're Tanya selling Dan, like, whatever you want, whatever you want, versus, like, they booed me. I don't want this. And I don't want this for our family. I don't want this for our kids. Like, the idea of passing it down to your kids becomes far less appealing if they're just going to get booed and be hated their whole lives. Like, that's, that, what, where's the appeal in that? Especially when the alternative is make $6 billion. Yeah. And so they, they're ready to be out. They don't live in D.C. anymore. They've moved to London. Uh, they spent most of the, the time on his yacht, like sailing around Italy. Like they're alive. They're going to be fine. Uh, un, and I don't want to say unfortunately, they're human beings, but like they did a lot of damage and they hurt a lot of people. So, you know, them, them getting out like this feels incredibly unfair, but like they're ready to be done. The NFL cannot be done with them fast enough after next week. Clean break. Craig, let's talk about what the future holds then with Harris coming in. What's the vibe been around the fan base, the optimism? And you referenced the stadium that needs to get built at some point. Do you think there will be more of a willingness? And will Harris be able to get Washington, Delmarva, the whole region kind of like bidding in, in, in the hopes of getting a brand new crib for the, for the commanders? Yeah, I mean, the fan base side of it, incredible optimism. Um, people are really excited to just see, I, I think people are excited to be able to root for their team without any lingering feelings of guilt. Um, some people, it's coming back to the team and being like, oh, I can root for them again. Some people kept rooting, but they're like, God, this feels dirty and I don't like it. And just to have a clear conscience and feel like you're rooting for a team like anybody else roots for a team, I think is is like a freeing feeling for the fan base. On the, the business side of the stadium, yes. And they have already started that process. Um, Josh Harris and Magic Johnson amongst others, have been, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies with the state of Maryland and their governor, Wes Moore, uh, with the folks in Virginia. Uh, there was a prospectus that ESPN got their hands on a couple of months ago that they, they think that, uh, from the Harris Group, that they think they can get a billion dollars from Virginia. They've also started greasing the skids on Capitol Hill for the RFK land. That one's very complicated. I don't need to go into the, the details of that unless you want me to really bore your listeners more than making uh, Qatari and Saudi references. Um, so uh, they should get that. There's, there's kind of pluses and minuses to all of them in terms of timelines and, and do they have land and convenience and, and all the things you consider with the stadium. Um, but that process has already kind of started and will certainly shift into warp speed uh, as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as they officially take over, I actually have a question for you guys on that front. If I can pick your brains real quick. Sure. Um, when was the Bills stadium approved? When did the shovels go in the ground and when is it going to open? Okay. So it was approved about this time last year. I'd have to look up the exact date, but it was right before camp when everything happened. Shovels went in the ground uh, two months ago. Yeah, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 2026 is the target date okay. for the open. That's what we thought. I was, I was having this conversation with a reporter friend of mine earlier, and that's what we thought because, I mean, as, as that illustrates, if they get the approval done now, they'd be flying to get this thing done by 2027, which is when their lease is up at FedEx Field. So that's going to be interesting. And, you know, the prospectus that I talked about that leaked, they had a potential 2030, 2031, and that's the kind of date that suggests they're, they're definitely gunning for RFK because things will take longer in D.C. due to more red tape. The federal government gets involved. And, like, 
it's it's a more union friendly place so certain people can do certain jobs and it makes it makes the construction obviously a little bit more complicated craig one last one for me because i know you got your show coming up but we have a mutual interest in baseball here because if the nationals get better then our team here in rochester gets better <laughs> and if uh, you know the nationals to me are this glor- you know half your roster belongs in rochester right now the question is about the nationals ownership now finally yep. is the path cleared here will you have a new owner I think we are far closer um, than we were before that court ruling, I want to say a month ago, um, that said this is what the national TV rights are worth. There is still the problem that the Orioles have the national television rights in perpetuity. The number one potential buyer for the nationals is Ted Leonsis, the owner of the Wizards and the Capitals and the Mystics. And if Ted gets the Nationals, it's in part because he wants to put them on his television network that he just bought, uh, currently called NBC Sports Washington, flipping to Monumental Sports Network, the name of his company, uh, coming up in September. And so how interested is Leonsis if he can't pry the TV rights away from the Orioles and their network, Masson? To me, that's a gigantic question. He might still want them because he might just want to own three sports teams because he likes owning stuff and he's rich enough to do it. Um, and now that he's got that Qatari money, by the way, because the Qataris did buy 5% of Monumental Sports mm. a couple weeks ago, um, you know, the, the funds are a little bit, a little bit deeper. So there's some thought that that could, that could also help get it done because he's got a little bit more cash now. Um, I think within a couple of, like within one to two, let's say 18 months to two years, there is at least an agreement in place. That's just from having MLB folks on my show and asking them the same question. Um, but I, I think the biggest hurdle in terms of at least knowing the value of the television rights and thus the value of the franchise has been cleared, and now it's a matter of, of landing the plane. Craig, really appreciate you giving us time in Rochester. We know you got a show to get ready for here at 4 o'clock. We'll be listening to the Team 980 inside the free-to-download Odyssey app and the Take Command podcast as well. You're the best. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Uh, I always love coming on with you guys, and also they'd take away my Syracuse degree if I didn't. <laughs> it's, it's, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Craig, Thanks, appreciate man. the time. There's Craig Hoffman. You can hear him on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Yeah, great stuff here. Look who came into the studio. Hey, we have a guest in the sports bar. People coming in. Vi- I mean, we, we got to ring the bell when we get yeah. a, a guest in the sports bar. It doesn't- I'm not going to—you know, I really— debated whether we should even open the door here because every time I, I talk sports when we talk a lot of bills but then he's like oh, why do you talk so much baseball baseball is boring well i know you don't talk a lot of baseball because it is boring you've told me that like you're told me like the whole, <laughs> you never said that you told me that it doesn't never, help ratings i get I it i mean that. i understand it it's not that i mean it makes a lot of sense to me. Evan shoot shoots apple mill what's going on bud nothing i just came down to see you guys and you know thanks for having me in but Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm guessing that the next time we see you, we'll see some of those fried cakes this fall. <laughs> I should have. I'm just, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just a mess right now on the farm. So I should have brought some down. Didn't, but you know, next no, time. No, you don't have to no, do it. No, next not, time. No they're like our, yeah, they're like our signature. Everybody so I, loves them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't get enough. Now, soccer guy. Soccer family. Yeah, definitely. So Grew up playing. Gold Cup, I know it's not like a big deal. And by the way, Gene, this might be a ratings killer. I'm going yes, to talk about it. Yes, it is going to be a rating. Yeah. The funny thing is, is like Gene talks about baseball, but see, I mean, and I get it about soccer, right? The culture here and football is king. Like, I totally do understand that. I love football as well, but 
I do enjoy sports that have continuous action, right? That's I mean, why and, I and, think and soccer where the players is, actually have to think yeah. on the field, where they don't have to rely on someone to tell them to shift or tell them to do things. You know what I mean? Where it is, you know, it is practice matters because yeah. if you don't do things well, well, I always found soccer on TV to be one of the most easily yes. digestible sports. And you know how long to it's going to last? Yes, it, and it's <laughs> and it's you know it's commercial free and yeah. it's continuous. So I was watching a little Gold Cup the other night against Team Canada. I didn't watch last I night. I saw last night's PKs. How disappointing is that of a loss to, to fall to, it was a Panama that they yeah, lost. I mean, I don't think it Panama was. Panama Jamaica? It was Panama. Panama. You're right. I mean, they lost some penalty kicks. I don't think it was, obviously, you know, the size of our country and we hope for better. But when you bring, and not in a bad way, when they're bringing up youth talent and they're trying to develop the pool of our system and, and make us grow in the international stage, you can't rely on the same 12 players constantly. So the players they bring to these tournaments and, and things like this and that we didn't used to do in the past and which bit us is they're bringing in a wide variety of players. So these weren't our best players. They were Panama's best players. They were Panama's season players. They had mm. twice as many caps, twice as many starts compared to our players. Um, so, yes, very disappointing, but also not a huge surprise. This is part of the growing process. Yeah, we got to get a camera and a third camera. The voice you're hearing if you're watching <laughs> online on the Fan Rochester or YouTube or Twitch. We're on seven platforms now. That's pretty that? amazing. You're yeah. growing. Yeah. Okay. Quick, before we let you go, quick yeah. thought on the Women's World Cup here. It's got to be United States, right? Or is the world now a much tougher place? I think the world's now a much tougher place. I don't think people are realizing what is happening and what's growing on. And, you know, they have, with my wife, you know, and her background and being a head coach of women's soccer, it's pretty involved. I mean, obviously, we're one of the front runners, but I don't think, I mean, England, Germany, Sweden, I mean, there's just a lot of other talents out there that are good. Um, and obviously, we're dealing with a significant amount of injuries. I mean, we're probably missing four starters. So the Women's World Cup will be exciting. I'm sure the U.S. will do well. I don't know how well, you know, I mean, the, the starters we're missing are huge. I mean, we have some of the best players in the world that are not going to be playing in this World Cup. It feels like the hype machine is really, really fired up for this World Cup for Team USA too, to almost unreasonably so to the point where anything less, less than winning than right. the whole thing is going to be a massive disappointment. Well, I feel like if you followed from the last World Cup to now, you should have your expectations high, but also within check, right? I mean, if you only followed the last World Cup and then you followed again this World Cup, you're right. But if you've seen the progression from the last World Cup to this World Cup, we've been obviously transitioning to younger talent. Yeah. Things have happened in those four years. And then also other countries have made strides. I mean, if you go to England, England has some of the biggest clubs in the world and they can pay their women. And then they just have things foundationally set up now in other countries in Europe that now they're competing against us where our women's teams are not affiliated with men's teams, if that makes sense. Yes. But in England... Manchester United has a Manchester United Correct. women's team, so they walk into the same locker room. They walk into the same facility. So, is that the next step for for professional soccer in in the USA? Do you think MLS has? I mean, look, you see what what kind of money is going to be coming into Miami. Will MLS franchises well, the have the ability? San Diego, I think, just went for five hundred or six hundred million dollars as a franchise. Yeah, will will they have now the funding to be able to take on some of these women's leagues and, and follow that I, I model? Think, if we believe that model works, I think it works in Europe because. They're not as progressive, I want to say. I don't think the women's teams want men's teams to be in charge of them. I do think the owners of women's teams are, I mean, if you look, if you follow LA, there's a great documentary on uh, HBO, mm -hmm. and it actually talks about these women-owned groups, and I don't think they want to be affiliated. I think they want to blaze their own path, and I think that is part of who we are in America. I think in Europe, they're taking that path because it's of the least resistance. Mm. I mean, this will be a long path, but I think ultimately in the long run, for women in general, will be better. Nice. Evan Shoot, where you can get not only uh, apples and cider and hard cider, 
Flights of ice cream now? What is a flight of ice cream? About? Yeah, it's just something we came up with. You know what I mean? You just come in, you get to pick five different flavors. You can combine it with, you know, cutting flowers in our flower field. And it's really great for families because then you don't have to have a massive amount of ice cream for like one little kid, right? Yeah. You can have a five ounce cup of five different types of ice cream. Just like it's a tasting, just like hard cider or beer, Ooh, but for families. Well, that's we think a, about yeah. shoots apple mill every year come fall, but really it's yeah. a year round thing. Like yeah. this, we try to be. The, yeah, go in there in the summer. <laughs> My goodness, man. I mean, what what you just described sounds like so much fun for the entire family to go out yeah, and check out. We hope so. We hope we're diversifying and growing and, you know, we appreciate the support. All right. I'll try to get you more involved in baseball next time. What do you think? I, I do think baseball is a great sport. I think it has history. I think there is great things about it. I think they've made actually a lot of really great changes recently yeah. Um, yeah. for the positive. You know, that's what you always ask for is just people to grow and learn and, and develop and change. And baseball just took longer to do that. But I think now they're on board. Friend of the show, Evan Shoot. Buddy, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Evan. All right, we're going to come back next. We've got some takes on tap. I'll drink to that is on the way. Tony Cotillo, the host of Win Daily on SiriusXM. We'll talk some fantasy football in the 4 o'clock hour as well. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 